welcome back to the Water Boys podcast. I'm here with Josh, and we got a special guest, Tom. Josh, how are you today? And Tom, how are you doing in Australia? Doing well, yeah. Nick. Doing well. Yeah, living the dream. Living the dream. How is it over there? COVID free, I'm assuming. Uh, sort of. We have, you know, cases every now and then. It's 35 degrees Celsius at the moment, so we're sweaty, but that's all right. I mean, you're a Timberwolf fan. Can't be sweaty. I was, yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say we're winning at the moment, so something's definitely wrong. <laughs> Josh, we got three teams on the line. Or sorry, three teams on the agenda. We got the Celtics, we got the Mavericks, and we got the Clippers. Who do you want to start with? You said the Celtics, correct? Yeah, might as well start with the Celtics, man. Celtics, give me some breakdown on what you've seen of them. In under Celtics. five minutes. In under five minutes, shut up. All right, I'll start off with their starting lineup. Uh, they took off uh, Thais this past, uh, these last two games against the Sixers and put in Grant Williams. Uh, I made them a pretty small team and they got their asses whooped in the, by Embiid both games, man. It was really hard to watch. I really hope that you add out those like cuss words sometimes. Maybe, we'll see. Anyways, uh, <laughs> shut up. Uh, yeah, man, they could not contain Embiid at all in both games. And even when they did have Embiid in foul trouble, man, they I felt like they didn't attack him in, enough in order for him to foul out. They just sort of kept trying to shoot jumpers and stuff instead of attacking him. Uh, I, that was a huge problem with me. And also, man, Walker, Walker starts up hot in both games, but just cools down in the fourth quarter. Well, you got to remember, he's on minute restrictions, right? I think he's on about 25 minutes per game yeah he is and i don't know steven's had a weird job he he's in the first game he ends up playing him probably like the better part of the first quarter and a little bit into the second and then doesn't play him in the second half until like a minute left in the third quarter it's just i don't know how you can keep up rhythm with playing him like that either after he was starting off hot it is hard as a jumbling act tom what do you think of the celtics I mean, you look at their roster and between Daniel Tice and Grant Williams and Tristan Thompson, there is no offense coming from their big man position. Like, it's all well and good to say that they need to attack and beat more, but who's going to do it? Because I'm not trusting Tristan Thompson with 10 post-ups a game, you know? Like, I really? Mean, <laughs> I, I mean, the perimeter, they have some problems too. Between Peyton Pritchard, Jeff Teague, in Kemba Walker, you only have one reliable perimeter off or uh, threat there. Besides Peyton Pritchard looks good. Let's just get that out of the way. But like, it's all well and good, you know, when we say they do have some talent on the perimeter. But look at Philly's defense on the perimeter. Exactly. You're going to get like, yeah, yeah. Go you're going to get swallowed up by Danny Green, Matisse Thybulle. Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, that's a big, those are big perimeter players. Correct. It makes it hard to go at Embiid when they are actually capable of playing good defense. Did you guys see but, that recovery? Uh, who was it? I think it was Thibault had on Walker. Walker crosses the crap out of him out. 
And you think he's out of the play and Walker has a clear three-pointer and he just recovers in time to, to block him. I was just like, that got me off my seat. I was like, wow, that was beautiful. I mean, Tybo's a matchup. Or sorry, he's a nightmare for Kemba. He just can navigate screens very well against them. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, what do you call it? Yeah, this, that second unit really struggled in both games. I mean, the first game they had Pritchard, Tice, Ojale, and Green. And then in the second uh, game, they ended up going with Teague, Green, Williams. Uh, both Williams is in the lineup. And they just that's when they get into trouble. Once they start resting uh, Brown it, and any of their starters, it just gets really messy for them. I mean, this team looks really different. Day and night with Tatum out, but still... We've talked about this before, Josh. They are a top-heavy team. So really, they're going to have to stagger minutes between the lineups or else is this going to look ugly. And I think it's unfair to judge them against Philly, but to be fair, they're going to either play Philly in the playoffs one way or another, and they might get thrashed by them this year. I mean, both games are pretty close, too, and you can't forget that I mean, their big piece is, is missing, right? Still not playing with the team. Uh, I don't. I, I heard something about maybe this week he's coming back, but uh, they they weren't saying for sure it was going to happen. But I mean, if you're able to keep up with with, with the Sixers with without uh, Tatum, I, I think they could still have a decent chance. They could, but I think with Embiid in there, is this going to be too much of a nightmare between Tice? Thompson and Williams, can you really defend a seven-footer with six, eight people? And the other problem they have is you look across the East and it's not just Embiid that's a good player that they're going to have to go through. Like there's Sabonis who's been playing out of his mind just at a bio, like throughout the East, they're just going to run into trouble with big men. So I think there's a move they have to make. For sure. I think... A trade for Drummond might be on the boards. I would think so, or maybe. But what would you give up though? They like we've talked about this already. They don't have any assets really. They're I'm, all those all those draft picks they had. I'm pretty sure last year was the last the last time they were going to have any draft picks available from a different team. So I mean, I'm pretty sure teams are going to want to jip off this team after after <laughs> Tiny Angel had been ripping off the whole league for like how many seasons? Like five seasons? That's one thing. Danny Ainge never takes a fair deal. He always wants a deal in his favor, right? Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's the one we always come back to, right? Why didn't you trade Hayward for, uh, to Indiana for... What was he going to get? He was going to get Miles Turner and a bunch of picks, I believe. But he wanted someone else in the deal, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he should have taken that man other because he, he lost Hayward for nothing. Well, he has a trade exception for 28 point something mil or something. Something like that. But I don't know how he's going to use it this year since he has no assets to trade. Besides, are you going to trade the rookies, though? I mean, are there any rookies that they're desirable that much to for a team to give up a, a big for? I mean, they're young players, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. That's going to be tough. They're, they're going to have to find a, a way. Uh, usually... Uh, Usually they always find a way on, on defense, man, but this year it's looking really rough for them. Did you have some input, Tom? We cut you off there. No, you're right. Um, just, I'm just looking at their roster now, and 
like they do still have some young players with value. Like you've got Time Lord, he's 23 and he still has some upside, could still become a quality bench player, if not potential starter. Peyton Pritchard, they probably aren't going to trade him. Um, but, you know, he's shown promise and there is the potential for moves to be made. The other thing I was looking at is they need to play Taco Fall. Just give him a go against those big guys and see how he goes, you know? I mean, Stevens is, doesn't like playing him. Is is it more likely because he's just, like, like, he's not as... I mean, he can get the offense for sure. I mean, we've seen him hit some shots, but on the defensive end, I feel like he he might be a liability in there. Especially if teams start going at him with smaller guards. You, know, you never know. He's, like, I don't know. I feel like that is the problem with him, and that's why Brad Stevens doesn't like playing him. I mean, well, Brad Stevens is stuck between a rock and a hard place right now, right? Yeah, I guess. And, I mean, you got another body that can take an extra six fouls off your other two guys, so I guess you might as well use it. The only team that I see them having no problem against is my lovely Toronto Raptors that I love so much. (laughs) Or are you even talking about the Raptors, man? Are they even going to make the playoffs? I mean, they've been on fire the last few games. They've took, what, two off of Miami, I believe? Yeah, well, everyone's taking stuff off Miami lately. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So come back to me when they actually beat a team that's competing in, in the top of the Western or Eastern Conference. Very true. But, I mean, Celtics, 8-6 and six right now, fourth in the East. Where do you think they're going to finish this season? Josh, then I'll go to you, Tom. This season, man, I just feels like they're too top heavy. I I feel like a like a four or fifth spot would like benefit them. Just to get thrashed by Philly in the second round again. Yeah, most likely, man, because it's just you know what do you call it? They haven't they haven't proven that they have the players to keep it up after they're after Tatum and Brown are on the bench. One once those two are on the bench, they whoever they put out there is just. It's a mess in that second unit. And, I mean, finally they got Walker back, but we got to wait and see what we get out of Walker. So far he's showing he's showing some promise. Uh, but, like I said, later in the games, I guess it's the conditioning that's really getting him into trouble. And he's just not hitting, hitting his shots. I think the first game he went 0 for 5. And then in the second game, I mean, he did it a little bit more decent going 2 for 4. Uh, but he's it's like night and day between the first half and second half for him. Tom, what are your thoughts? I could see them... I, To be honest, I see them sliding as far as seven. I think their ceiling is fifth, though. I just... As Josh was saying, I just can't trust a team where Jeff Teague is your primary playmaker <laughs> off the bench. He's... <laughs> That dude will dribble the ball for 20 seconds and then pass it just because he wants to hunt those assists. So I just am not about it at all. <laughs> what, what's the famous quote that you told me, uh, Tom? Dribbles like James Harden without the talent, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love that. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. I think I'm in agreement or sorry, agreement with Josh. I think probably fourth, fourth, fifth, maybe six. I don't see this team rising any further than that. I think they might have their ceiling is a little fragile this year and their floor is very bad. I just think they haven't rectified that same problem the last few years. Or sorry, stemming from the last two years. They've had a deep team before, but it's just now they're not correcting that balance issue within the team, which is obviously the forwards and the centers. And I think, yeah, I think Philly might give them a taste of their own medicine next or this year. Uh, for sure, man. For sure. I, I, I agree with that. I think the next team that you wanted to talk was the Mavericks, Josh, right? Yeah. Holy. I think we got a lot of the Mavs this past week. I think they played like four games this week. Holy. And they're playing right now, too, I think. So five games this week. Yeah. They were, I think, yeah, they got, they're getting thrashed right now in Houston, right? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, start off with what you know, Josh. Tell me what you know. What I know is that, oh my goodness. You know, I'm going to just start off with the negative right off the bat. What was up with Kali Stein this whole week, man? He could not catch <laughs> a lob if his life depended on it. I'm not trying to be mean to the guy. And look, I, I don't know if you know this, but they, uh, Carlisle made this little team award thing now where you get sort of like a wrestling belt for being a defensive player of the game. And uh, I think they gave it out uh, against, who was it? I think they gave it out against, what was it? Who did they play this yesterday? I can't Spurs. remember who. Yeah, the Spurs. I think they gave it to him. And he and he shows up with, yeah, he was a defensive player. And I'm like, did you guys also see all the lobs he missed and all the potential dunks he, he, he flamed out on? Like, Doncic would set him up so nicely, and he would either not catch the ball or he would try to force a dunk, and he'd miss it. Um, yeah, that was my biggest annoyance of, of this team. Um, but we've seen, seen them since they started playing this week uh, progress slow, uh, slowly. They got beat those badly those first two games, and they, uh, they've had a, sort of a resurgence in these last two games especially yesterday against the Spurs, even though they went pretty cold in the fourth quarter. I mean, more of that was due to the Spurs turning it up defensively. I think this year, Dallas's problem is offense, not defense. Funny enough, Dallas's defense is top 10 this year, and their offense is outside the top 15. Something like that. Yeah, but I think they're missing... Um, uh, the rating's about 17th in the league right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're only scoring like 109.5 this year, which is good enough for the 19th spot. But you got to give them a little bit of leeway. They are missing two starters, I believe, Maxi Kleber and Josh Richardson for safety and health protocols. They were missing quite a few. Kleber, Finney Smith, Richardson. Yeah, Dwight Powell's out too. Yeah, and then um, who else was it? Uh, was it Smith? The Zinger was still Smith? coming. Zingas is still coming back from injury as well, so we've got to sort of let him get back into the form before we see what this team actually look like on the court. Really, that that's true. But so far, it's just been Luca playing offense, right? Which we you love to see it. The man can play basketball. He can. He's been playing professional for his whole teens. Yeah. Yeah. I think- he's- 
He's been seeking out a lot of assists, man. He comes out of the game and he's right off the bat, he's trying to set up everyone. I love that about him. I, I think this, from the games I saw, they're, yeah, offensively, I can't really judge them. They're missing their players. But KP, you know, he's slowly playing off the rust. He's been aggressive going to the hoop and crashing the boards. But sometimes he just... He's a little off balance when he's defending. That's my quirk about him. He just lets people bully him when he gets or when they get in there against him. Um, Tom, we gotta let Tom speak. What are your thoughts on the Mavericks? Yeah, as I said, you know, I really so I listened to the pod where you guys did the Western Conference review and I think you're a little bit harsh in judging the Josh Richardson Richardson trade because you know back back in when he was in Miami he was one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and he averaged pretty much six nearly 16 four and four and then you put him alongside Luca I really think that's going to open the game up for him it just I think Philly is a blip because that team was just so so dysfunctional. They yeah. did not fit. Yeah, it was a bad fit last year. But we will say this. I think me and Josh are in agreement. He does need the ball to be successful, though, Josh Richardson. Yeah, I mean, well, that was, I mean, one of the main reasons uh, was that he was he was traded right for from uh, Miami, right? They wanted someone to ha- to be that other ball handler, and I mean, you have Embiid and Simmons there, which is why a big reason why it didn't work out. I think. What are your predictions on the Mavs this year, Josh? Then we'll go Tom. Damn, man, <laughs> this this one's a bit of a rough one considering how they started off with. Uh, missing players, but I could still see them making top four for sure. Um, I mean, they still got to get some guys back from uh, COVID protocol. I mean, I've liked what I've seen from who is it, Bronson? Um, who else? Who else is Trey there? Burke. Yeah, so they, yeah, Trey Burke is another one. So like, they have good pieces around there. Um, defensively, they're a little bit better. I think their offense can still improve once they get all their guys back. Uh, I think for sure this team could still make a top four finish in the Western Conference. Tom, we like to hear your thoughts. Top four seems about right. Um, They have so far this season of the teams that are looking at being top five in the West. We have Denver, which they won. They've beaten the Clippers. They absolutely thrashed the Clippers. 124 to 73 and they lost to your Lakers. So those are three teams that are definitely looking like being very competitive in the West. And yeah, I think four sounds about right. Four. Oh, that's I'm gonna have to disagree. There's still Utah, there's still Phoenix, there's still Portland. It's a lot of teams in that mix. Denver, Golden State. Can you re can you really say definitively that they're going to be fourth i think they might be fifth six that's my bet on them uh 
Yeah, they, they're 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 all up and coming, but like I said, these guys were missing pieces, man. And for them to still be in the top eight of the Western Conference, it says a lot about them. Uh, I I they I still feel like they got a lot to go, uh, lots of ball still to play, and I still feel like they're going to climb up. Fair enough. And I think the last team that we wanted to talk about, Clippers, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, I'll start off with Tom this time. You've spoken enough, Josh. Yeah, so we got a Clippers team that's looking to bounce back from their disappointing effort last year. We had uh, Pandemic P, which was really fun to watch. <laughs> um, shot, shot looked good to me. <laughs> yeah, well, he has been playing well. Uh, Nick and I have spoken about this. I... Do not think that Nick Batum is going to last, and they have a glaring weakness at the point guard position. It was well documented that Kawhi complained about it last year. Um, so I think they're going to look to trade Marcus Morris's contract, maybe for an expiring player, to bring in another playmaker. And yeah, they so far they haven't played against dominant big men, which there are heaps of out West. Like you look at the Western conference playoff picture and they have to go through Anthony Davis. They have to go through Jokic. They have to go through DeAndre Ayton. Not that he's on the caliber. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they have moves to make still to get to where they're going to be. Josh. What are your thoughts? We know we call them the noisy neighbors of LA. We hang banners, they hang selfies. What do you think? I've liked what I've seen from the team. I uh, read it, been searching up on what they've what what they've been saying down there in LA about this team. Uh, I know the big thing is the playmaking, right? No true point guard. Uh, but the one thing that it has been pretty evident is that uh, play, uh, Playoff P and uh, The Claw have actually been willing to be playmakers, which I feel, and, and like they've been saying this through interviews a lot, that they're actually willing to accept the role. Unlike last year, there were reports that Kawhi didn't actually want to be the playmaker, the primary ball handler and, and the playmaker. And I mean, there's been an uptick in assists from both guys. They're, I think, I believe they're both averaging career highs this season, uh, from from assists, uh, especially uh, George. Uh, not only is he averaging career highs in uh, assists, but also turnovers, and that's the one thing he does recognize that he needs to improve on. It's the turnovers. I've, from what I've seen, I, I've liked how they play. The ball moves around. It's beautiful to watch. Um. I don't know if you guys agree with me on this one, but I felt like the offense flows a little bit better through George than it does Kwai. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with that view. It just seems like he's always willing to find the guy that's opened after they try to double the guy. I feel watching them this year, they like to drive and kick a lot. If Last game, I've noticed they like kicking it to the left corner a lot, whether Patum would be there hitting a shot. There'd be Bev, there'd be Kennard, there'd be quite a few players right there ready to take a shot. Marcus Morris, 
I think this year they look a lot better. Paul George still has to prove it come playoff time. We've seen this before, this song and dance, where he's playing really well, a la OKC, right? Then come playoff time, he has an injury coming up, or he's shagging Roy Hibbert's wife or something. He's just—he's doing something. <laughs> Jeez, Nick, relax. The drive-by shooting. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll give him a pass for last year's playoffs, but the, the two years before that—I mean, what? Indiana, remember that? Remember o- OKC against Utah? As he does disappear, and, and I mean, that's the one glaring thing about his career is that yeah you show up in the season but once the playoffs start you just you just disappear and it's when your team needs you the most right i mean this um, league but you're, you're but only like as you, good as your last playoffs right i mean right? first few years you take miami to seven next year you get thrashed in six after that you snap your leg i get it but after after those years, you start playing inconsistently. Then you start talking on Twitter, him and Pat Bev, right? And look what happened. You get clowned. Yep, that's true. And, I mean, this is also like the top three-point shooting team from in the league. I think they were saying something about eight of their players are, are, are averaging career highs in three-pointers. And it's all a product of the willingness to move the ball around and the playmaking. Yeah, with the their offense is a lot more fluid this year. I think they're willing to kick it out for threes, and it's evident they're about first in offensive rating, and they're that they are fourth last in offensive pace. So I think it's going to be sustainable coming into the playoffs that they continue to play like this. Correct, because playoffs it's a slower game, and with their defense, I mean it's top ten. Looking good as usual. Kawhi's still looking in form. You got Bev, you got Batum, you got George. The only concern I have for this team are this is the spe- uh, center spot. I mean, Ibaka and Zubak against Davis and Marcus All, potentially, right? You think they're going to have a fun time defending those two? I don't think so. But perimeter wise, I think they can lock up any of the best backcourts in the league. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, even even at the pace they're shooting right now, like it's pretty high, man. I think they were saying uh, the past I don't know twenty years they have the top three uh, shooting percentage in terms of the first fifteen games of a season. So, I mean, yeah, you're starting off hot, but at some point that's gonna cool off, and then once that once you cool off on there, three pointers aren't raining down. They're definitely gonna start playing that one on one ball. And I think we saw it a little, a little bit against Oklahoma this past, uh, what was it, yesterday. Uh, they, once they were not hitting their shots, they started to go away from that game of moving the ball around and playing more one-on-one ball. And, uh, I mean, that's when Oklahoma ended up going on that run where Dort ended up hitting three shots in a row. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens once they start they stop making it rain threes. Can they play that grit and grimy game? We'll see. Funny fact. Did you know Dort is Canadian? I didn't know that, Josh. Are you kidding me? I thought we we talked about this, Nick. I told you he was Canadian. Last last playoffs. I didn't know. I was like, no way. I look at him. Oh, like, my oh, goodness, wow. Nicholas. Oh, wow. 
I didn't know yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander was Canadian. I didn't know Nikhil Alexander Walker was Canadian. I didn't know Brandon Clark was Canadian. Didn't know Dylan Brooks was Canadian. Like just Did too you know many. Shea and Nikhil Alexander Walker are actually are... cousins, apparently. I heard that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyways, yes, uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how they end up playing once the three stop raining. Um, any other concerns you guys have? Tom? Relative to the Clippers? Uh, hmm. Yeah, look, their bench depth is pretty average. They got Canard, which is a good piece. I think, I think they kind of need to choose between him and Lou Will because... It's hard to have two two guards coming off the bench when they both want to score and aren't really doing too much in terms of playmaking. There's no Montrez Harrell anymore for Lou Williams to play his two-man game with. And Zubac is having a good season, but he's just not the same player that Trez is. He doesn't bring that same... Energy. Energy, yeah. I would have to agree with Tom on that one. I think... Lou Hotwing Williams is probably going to get traded. That's my guess. Would you trade him for a Derrick Rose, Josh? Then Tom. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, they're looking for a guy who can handle the ball. Not only that, someone who can actually show up in the playoffs, right? And we talk about George not showing up in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure Lou is another guy that doesn't show up in the playoffs. And, I mean, we've seen it time and, and again. And if the opportunity rises for them to get uh, Rose out of it, why not? I would definitely try and go for it. Tom? Rose isn't a bad fit. I would have thought that they would go for more of a defensive guard. Um, I actually think Terry Rozier would be a very good fit on this team. He's pesky and brings a lot of energy to the point guard position, which like Pat Bev does that, but at the end of the day, when it's the Western Conference Finals, you're playing the Lakers and they switch to AD at the five, LeBron or Kuzma at the four. You don't need someone like Marcus Morris Sr. He becomes sort of useless in that scenario because he's not going to lock anyone up anymore and he doesn't bring much beyond his... Dribble pull up twos. Uh, not to Harry Rozier. I don't. I don't think he'd be a good fit. There's only one ball. Remember that, and he <laughs> likes to shoot the ball. I think right now they're okay. Pat Bev finally learned how to shoot. You know, in Cancun, probably he's above forty percent in threes this year, I believe. But down the stretch, you're gonna need a point guard. I think Derrick Rose would be the best option. You're well, most likely, most likely going to run into the Lakers, and they're going to play either AD. Sorry, they're going to play AD at the five for sure. Then Keith or Trez at the four. Then it's going to be James Caldwell Pope and <coughs> Dennis for the team running out. And do you play Serge Ibaka against AD? I don't know because he's a weak man-to-man defender, but he's great help defender. But we'll see how they match up. I'd actually just. What were you saying, Nick? Sorry, go ahead, Tom. I was actually just thinking about 
point guards that they could potentially trade for. My boy Ricky Rubio. Sorry, they need shooting, not, you know, people who just run around the court trying to hunt for assists. Uh, I think there's a difference between hunting for assists and what Ricky does, especially since he's been coming off the bench. Uh, and he's, he's not too happy about that from what I hear, too. Correct. And you put him in a closing five with, so you go Rubio, Pat Bev, Kawhi, PG, Ibaka. That is a very switchable lineup, which works well in the current game and still has a reasonable amount of shooting. Four out of five ain't bad, if you ask me. Four out of five ain't bad. I think realistically, prediction-wise, they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. Would you take them or the Lakers in seven? Josh. Come on, man. (laughs) Obviously, I'd take the Lakers over to the Clippers in seven. Tom. What are your thoughts? At this to this point, the Clippers still haven't done anything that's actually noteworthy. So yeah, you have to take the Lakers. I'd say Lakers as well. I mean, this year they look better than the Clips on paper, of course, even though they lost to them on opening day. And we'll see how the season progresses for the Clippers. I think they're gonna have to do something about the point guard for sure and the center position. Any other thoughts, Josh? Would would you actually still want a point guard even if George and Kawhi are still uh, assisting like they are right now? I mean, would this, you would you take no. the gamble? I would take the gamble. Would you want to rely on George and Leonard doing this the whole season? Probably not the whole season. Like at some point, they probably will hit. They will get stagnant, and and you know they're they're gonna dry up. But, I mean, if they can just be close enough to consistent through the whole season, I would feel pretty confident going with those two handling the ball uh, into the playoffs. I think it's less to do with whether their assists hold up and more to do with the fact that in the playoffs you are coming up against better defenses. So you need someone who's going to get you into your set plays consistently and make life easier for them because at the end of the day, you don't bring Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in for them to pass the ball to the other guys. Yeah, I I agree with that. You do make a good point. Any closing remarks on these teams, guys? Go ahead, Tom. (laughs) Nick, or you, mate. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season. I think it'll be Mavericks and Clippers again in the playoffs. I think Clippers will probably choke at some point. Not kidding. They'll probably have a seven game series with them. I don't know about the Celtics, hard to say, even though we both all said they might face Philly, but this season is full of up and downs, right? I mean we've had how many games missed due to COVID protocols? Quite a bit, I believe. And Besides that, I don't know how these teams are going to do come playoff time. Are we going to have another bubble for the playoffs? What do you guys think? They should. They definitely should. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't risk it. I mean, if you're okay with having, your, having a whole team out for two weeks, that's just going to slow down the playoffs. You, they got to have a bubble. 
I, I'm pretty sure the players are going to be against it and they won't want to do it. But in my opinion, if you want the playoffs to go smoothly, you you hold another bubble this year. Tom? Yeah, I think it's pretty much the only way forward in terms of scheduling. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's Washington. Haven't played like four straight games because of COVID protocol. And when it comes to the playoffs, you can't have that because we'll end up having six months of playoffs because we just can't get a team to actually play. It is Washington, and they've actually had six games postponed in a row. And it's it's troubling to see that, right? Either we take a two-week break right now and close it down, or come come playoff time, how are we going to calculate these things, right? Are we going to do it like MLB style? Are we going to give it off the win percentage? Because there's no way you can schedule in six games or seven games on the second half of the schedule is just too much. You make them playing back-to-back every other day almost. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like you're going to have to end up missing some games uh, depending on how many the teams end up missing, right? If it's just like three games, I'm pretty sure they could make it up. But at the end of the day, if you are missing a huge chunk like seven or eight, I feel like you're just going to have to miss out on those games and just go by whatever winning percentage or even you might even have to adjust uh, the record so that it calculates evenly. There's there's a bunch of things they could do in order to uh, find out how these guys make the playoffs. Tom, any closing remarks? Well, it's probably unlikely at this point in the season, but they did used to do it with five-game series instead. Uh, I could see it as a possible solution for not missing as many games. You schedule the games a bit further out um, and just have shorter series until we actually reach the NBA finals. I thought there was something discussed about that, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I think with that, it's not feasible. The TV deal is just... That's a thing, yeah. Yeah, TV deal is predicated more on the games being played. And if they shorten series, it's not going to help them in that TV deal. Yeah, that's why they. That's one of the main reasons why they play and worked out. Right, it was beautiful how it worked out last year, but then they're also going to get that money from the TV contract too, right? An extra what? What is it? Four games, and like people are gonna people are gonna tune in and stuff. So they, I yeah, I find it hard to believe that they would go five. Josh, what are your closing thoughts? Closing thoughts, man. Clippers are in a six-game win streak, man. I'd be interested to see how how much further this team can go. Um, Celtics, again, not too deep. And then the Mavericks, we got to wait and see what they got with when the rest of their players come back. Also, let's not forget, in three days, the one-year anniversary of Kobe's death. Just wanted to bring that up. We're not yelling Kobe anymore. We're yelling for Kobe nowadays. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. It's going to be going to be a sad day remembering that. Uh, anything else, guys? I think that's it. I think it's been a fun podcast. It's been fun having our Australian friend on the pod, even though finding time is a little strenuous, not going to lie. I think you guys are 19 hours ahead of us. Oh, something like that. 19, 18. Who knows? Who knows? Almost a full day. 
I think that concludes this podcast. I like, I liked it. I thank you guys for uh, being in here with me, and I'll see you guys another time. Josh? All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Uh, bye, mm. guys. No worries. Stay up.